Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. I am so excited to announce this. Our first live event, Entree Architect Live, New York 2018. It will be held on Wednesday, June 20th in New York City. Registration is now open and seats are very limited. To learn more, visit entrearchitect.com slash New York. You are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, and this is episode 207. Welcome back to Entree Architect Podcast. My name is Mark R. LePage, and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect. Whether you have plans to someday start your own firm, you're in the process of launching a startup, or you might be an experienced small firm architect just trying to make a difference every day. This podcast is for you. My goal here is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. I love to sleep, but the truth is that of all my many skills, sleep may be one of my weakest. I know it's important and I know it has a direct effect on my health and well-being. It even has a direct effect on my overall success. Yet, night after night, I break the rules and my, my sleep suffers for it. But I am getting much, much better. This week at Entree Architect Podcast, five steps to unleash the significant power of sleep. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is supported by our platform sponsors, RCAT, Gusto, FreshBooks, and Core 
by BQE Software. And I'm going to share more about these great companies a little bit later in the show, but before we get started, just take a quick note to go visit these companies and let them know that you appreciate them for supporting us here at the podcast, because when they support us, they're supporting you, the Entree Architect community. All right. All right. Let's get into this. I want, I, this is an important topic here. A few years back, I began to experience some concerning health issues. And after months and months of tests and consultations with various physicians and doctors, it was determined that my symptoms were, and and still are, and I don't think they're going to go away, a result, a direct result of my very high levels of stress, right? And I bet you can relate. You're an architect. You're stressed. I know. So this is a serious subject here. We're going to talk about sleep today. Uh, My problems were caused by me and the lifestyle that I was leading. So, So I needed to make some major changes in my life. And I began to exercise, exercise on a, on a regular schedule. And I learned to meditate and I love to meditate. And I've talked about that in the past on other episodes. And I began to focus on improving my horrible sleep habits. And I have achieved significant improvements and I've, and I've felt the benefits. But you will only ask Anne-Marie, my wife, that I have a ways to go, a ways to go. I'm still a horrible sleeper. And it's because of the habits that I built up uh, through the years. And so I want to talk about that today. For many of us, our habits were formed in architecture school, right? In architecture studio, late nights, right? That's that's the normal thing in, in architecture school. Late nights and all-nighters were looked upon with honor. I went to school back in the 90s. I know some of that's changed today, but I know that that culture is still there that late nights and all-nighters are looked at with honor, that it's something good. And, and I recognized the seriousness of sleep deprivation after my first attempt at working through to sunrise. You know, I did, pulled an all-nighter and, and, I, and trying to get something done. When all night, sun came up, I went outside, and I felt that those, those effects. I know if you've ever done an all-nighter, and I, I know many of you have, you felt that, you know what I'm talking about. You felt the effects of... of on your mind and your body and and I didn't like it and I decided that I was going to better manage my schedule to avoid such situations in the future and if you're a student right now please please listen to me listen to me do not pull all-nighters do not pull all-nighters bad things can happen not only with your health and your and your well-being and your mind and your body I lost a friend in my senior year due to an all-nighter. He did an all-nighter, it was our thesis project, and I'm not going to get into the details of this, but he's no longer with us. He was killed that night. And it was because he slept all night, he didn't sleep that night, he went home to take a shower, and he didn't make it back. So the next time you're thinking about taking an all-nighter, pulling an all-nighter, whether you're a student or an architect, don't do it. Bad things can happen, your, ma- your mind doesn't work properly, when you're tired, especially when you're, when you're deprived of sleep that badly, your brain doesn't work properly and you fall asleep and you can't do things the way you typically can do them. So don't do that. But I know recently things are changing. I know being involved with the the AIAS and and knowing what's happening over there, uh, over a decade ago, the American Institute of Architecture students and the National Council of Architectural Registration Boards, NCARB, they developed standards for a healthy studio culture 
which architecture schools would be required to meet in order to achieve accreditation. So things are changing, right? Um, though many schools don't enforce these rules. That's the problem, right? The AIAS, the, the American Institute of Architecture students, um, their current generation of, uh, of leaders at the AIAS are in, uh, trying to enforce those rules, trying to educate their peers, and they're advocating against the unhealthy and unsafe practice of this legendary all-nighter that we all know about. It's, you're trying to change this, the, 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 um, the way we look at all-nighters. It's not a good thing. It's not an honorable thing. It's not something to be proud of. It means you screwed up your schedule. It means you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing when you're supposed to be doing them. So change the way you manage your schedule and you won't have to pull all-nighters like that. Um, so don't do it. For many of us, the damage is already done, right? Today, many architects continue to forego sleep in the name of productivity, right? It's something that We've learned through architecture school, and we continue years and years later, decades later, the habits of working late nights are hard to break. They're habits. They're hard to break. We ignore the signs of danger to our health, and one day, we find ourselves in the hospital with significant health issues. And as a profession, we need to make a change. We need to look at sleep differently. In fact, studies show that with proper sleep patterns, we are much more prepared to efficiently accomplish, accomplish daily responsibilities with speed and accuracy. We are much more creative, much more creative, and better at making critical decisions for our own success. We are simply more productive and more prepared to be successful on a daily basis when you sleep. Sleep is good. <laughs> there are Many recent studies showing the power and the importance of healthy sleeping habits. What should we, as entrepreneur architects, what should we be doing to improve our sleep habits? So I'm going to share five things you can do. Five steps to unleash the significant power of sleep. It will make you stronger, right? It'll make you better. It'll make you faster. It'll make you more efficient. So I'm going to share five things that will unleash the significant power of sleep. Number one schedule your sleep. And that makes no sense, right? Of course, you sleep every night, right? It's part of your schedule. It's part of your routine. The first step I took a few years back was to set a more consistent sleep schedule. I try to be in bed at the same time every night and rise at the same time every morning. Experts say that, that we should even schedule consistently through the weekends. And I will admit that if not for my kids' uh, schedules and swim meets and, and training, Sleeping in is a hard habit to break. I would love to sleep in and sleep in every Saturday and Sunday, but I don't. And so I can, because of my kids' schedules, I keep the same schedule through the weekend. And much like finding success in other areas of our lives, developing a plan and scheduling for success, scheduling for success and developing a plan. Have you heard me say that before? Yes, you have. It's a key factor in accomplishing our goals. We should be sleeping for seven to nine hours every day. Seven to nine hours every day. So my goal each night is to hit the sheets by 10 o'clock, by 10 p.m. every night so that I can rise at 6.30 a.m. every morning and get the kids off on the bus on time. That gives me the right number of hours. So if I'm in bed by 9, 9.30, I'm sleeping around 10, 10.30, 11, I'm not perfect, like I said, 
but I'm trying to get seven to nine hours of sleep every night and I schedule it. I hit the sheets at the same time every night and the alarm goes off every night and, and I've, and I've, and I've eliminated the buzzing alarm that wakes you up in the terrible sound or the radio that's reporting the death report that day. I don't listen to it. It's part of my, my full media blackout. I don't listen to, to radio news. Oh, it's whole, so terrible for you. Do not do that. You have technology today. You have an iPad or an iPhone. Pandora has an amazing sleep alarm. You can schedule it, to set it for whatever time you want to listen to any Pandora channel you want. It's awesome. It comes on nice and slowly, so it actually rises, increases in volume as, as it comes on. It doesn't scare you out of bed. It's beautiful. I recommend classic guitar radio. It's awesome to wake up to very quietly, and then it sort of gently rises, and you're listening to classical guitar. It's really, really good. So schedule your sleep. That's number one. Schedule your sleep. Number two. Number two is practice a relaxing bedtime ritual. For me, this is the toughest habit to break. My ritual each night is to curl up with a good iPad and watch an hour of YouTube videos. Could that, could it get any worse? I know, I know, but I know you do it too. So don't, don't judge. I know you do it too. Experts say that's not good, right? It could probably not get worse than that. And I have much work to do with this step. Turn off the technology. This is what they say. This is number two, practice a relaxing bedtime schedule. I'm not saying that I do this, but if, if, and this is what I should do, I'm telling you what we can do. These five steps, turn off the technology and take a warm shower or a bath just before bed. Turn down the bright lights and avoid all electronic screens. Most televisions, desktop monitors, laptops, Kindles, and yes, my beloved iPad Air, they all emit blue light. Have you heard about blue light? Blue light acts as a stimulant, right? It's stimulates your brain. It starts sending signals to your brain that it's morning. Morning light is blue, right? So your brain is seeing blue light at night and it's saying, oh, it's time to wake up, right? It's time to rise. Well, that's what happens when we're watching television or looking at our iPhones or we're looking at an iPad watching YouTube videos. It is not good. And that's exactly the message that we want our brains to receive as we're lying. That's not the message that we want our brains to receive as we're lying down for a comfortable night's sleep, right? We want to send the message of, of sleep to our brains, not waking up. Um, and get rid of all those little blue lights, all those little red LED lights, wherever there's LED lights, turn them off or wear masks. Not good, bad. Go back to the basics. Do what we did before the internet invaded our lives. I know some of you guys don't remember life without the internet. I do. I'm 48 years old. I remember life without the internet. Read a book. Remember those things, the paper things with the hard covers? Yep. Read a book or listen to soft music. Even try meditation. I do meditation at night. It works. Consider establishing a new habit of gratitude while you're meditating. Sit quietly for 30 minutes. So you don't need an iPad to do this. Sit quietly 30 minutes thinking of the many things for which you are thankful. Any of these activities will signal your brain that it's time to get sleepy, right? You read a book, do, do some meditation, have a habit of gratitude. That's a routine, a ritual that's going to remind your brain, that's going to send signals to your brain 
that it's time to go to sleep and you're going to get sleepy and it's going to set up a, a situation where you'll go to sleep faster. Let's take a quick break here to say thank you to our platform sponsors here at Entree Architect, RCAT, Gusto, FreshBooks, and Core by BQE Software. If you work with specifications in your firm, you probably have come across outdated manufacturer specs with confusing notes, products that no longer exist, maybe, maybe even companies that no longer exist, right? Maybe you even pay for specifications. Stop, that's crazy. There's a better way to find manufacturer specifications for your project documentation. RCAT.com. RCAT is a free library, free, they're free, a free library of over 1,400 up-to-date, accurate specifications. RCAT's specs are written by FCSI, CCS, and AIA professionals based on manufacturer's data. Use RCAT's powerful search engine to find just the right specifications for your project and download them in multiple file formats for free. You don't even have to register. Just go to rcat.com, that's A-R-C-A-T.com, and get the information you need today. Hey, and, and let them know that you are a member of the Entree Architect community. Payroll and benefits. You love them? No, they're hard, especially when you're a small business. You don't have the time to be an expert in things like taxes and regulations, right? We're all in that mode right now with taxes and regulations. The old school payroll providers that some of us are using, they just, they're not built for the way that we work today. Gusto, our friends at Gusto, they're making payroll and benefits and, and human resources easy for us small businesses. Modern technologies, they do all the heavy lifting, so it's easy for us to get it right. You no longer have to be a big company to get great technology, great benefits, and great service for your team. To help support the show, Gusto is offering our listeners here at Entree Architect Podcast exclusive limited time deal, right? Sign up today and you'll get three months free, three months. That's long enough to figure this thing out, right? Three months free once you run just one payroll. Just go to entrearchitect.com slash gusto, G-U-S-T-O, and claim your free three months of payroll processing right now. entrearchitect.com slash gusto. FreshBooks makes it simple to send invoices, post your expenses automatically, track your time for your whole team, buy project, and get organized with reports, communication, and notifications. They do everything. My favorite feature in FreshBooks is the automated invoice reminders. I love this. I think that sending invoices and getting paid is one of the biggest barriers to our success as an entrepreneur architect. If we're not sending invoices, we're not getting paid. FreshBooks makes it easy to send out invoices and get paid online with the click of a button. And when your client doesn't pay you on time, FreshBooks will send them a friendly email reminder through a simple system that you have full control of. I love this. Sign up for a free 30-day unrestricted trial and get paid faster. Get the simplest way to be more productive, to get organized, and most importantly, like I said, get paid faster. Visit entrearchitect.com slash freshbooks 
to access FreshBooks for free for 30 days, and be sure to enter Entree Architect in the How Did You Hear About Us section. One of the most often requested resources here at the Entree Architect community is project management software. The whole, how do we manage our projects? How do we keep our projects and our people organized while we grow as entrepreneur architects? Today's podcast is sponsored by BQE Software, the makers of the award-winning BQE Core. It's their new product. Core puts project management, business intelligence, billing, time and expense tracking, and accounting together in one intuitive, powerful platform. It's a beautiful system. I've seen it work. There's a demonstration uh, on, our, on our website. You should go check it out with its cloud platform and their mobile app. Core lets you manage people, projects, and profits from anywhere in the world. Get your fully functional 15-day trial of Core by going to entrearchitect.com BQE. That's entrearchitect.com slash BQE. Go check it out right now. RCAT, Gusto, FreshBooks, and Core by BQE Software. Go visit our platform sponsors today and thank them for supporting you, the Entree Architect community. So that's number two. Practice a relaxing bedtime ritual. Number three, number three is watch what you eat. Watch what you eat is number three. Caffeine may be one of our biggest challenges when we're trying to improve our sleep habits, right? Caffeine is also a habit. We're addicted to caffeine. We love our coffee, right? Caffeine is still being processed in our bodies six to eight hours after we finish that last cup of af- you know, afternoon coffee. Six to eight hours, it's still in our system right? It's still being processed in our bodies. Six to eight hours, our sleep routines actually start around one or two o'clock in the afternoon. You need to start thinking about setting up sleep habits right after noon, one or two o'clock, six to eight hours before you go to sleep. The choices we make from that point forward will directly affect the sleep that we experience that night. Large meals and sweet snacks, so sugary candy bars and whatever you do to sort of pop you up at two o'clock, you know, that three o'clock lull that we have at the studio, large meals and sweet snacks also make tremendous energy to, to take, um, to digest. It takes a lot of energy to do that. Keeping our systems working overtime and late into the evening. So these large meals, your body's trying to, to process all this food and this sugar, your heart's rating, you're rising and your, and your systems are moving and your blood is pumping. It's not inducive to sleep inducive it's not conducive to sleep no caffeine afternoon if you want to sleep no caffeine afternoon a healthy dinner served in smaller portions and no sweet treats no desserts will prepare our bodies for a good restful night's sleep and i'm not saying i do this i i do a lot of it and i try to do this coffee i pretty much cut coffee off i'm a morning coffee drinker i don't drink a lot of coffee in the afternoon um, sweet treats pretty, pretty regularly don't eat sweet treats. Occasionally we'll grab one. Um, and so that's what we have to do. One or one o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon. We, we need to start creating these new habits to help us sleep better. So if you're not sleeping better, you know, if you're not sleeping well, these are the things that we need to look at. We need to, to look at number one, we need to look at scheduling our sleep. Number two, practice a ritual. Number three, watch what we eat. You know, 
we can either do it or we don't do it. But we can't we can't not uh, we can't get our sleep back to where it belongs unless we work at it, right? If we create a plan, we can create a plan by following these five steps. Number four, and I know this works. I know this works. Exercise, according to a study published in the journal Mental Health and Physical Activity, people sleep significantly better and feel more alert during the day if they get at least 150 minutes of exercise each week. That's just each week, 150 minutes. Not it's not a lot of time. Each week, I've experienced the results of this one personally on days when I walk or run for for 45, 60 minutes. I feel better. I work better. I sleep better. Um, and you can ask Anne Marie. I snore less when I when I exercise. If I exercise on a regular basis, my snoring goes completely away. Um, that's one of my my problems as well. Is that snoring is waking me up. So if we exercise and we, and we feel better, we lose a little weight, that stuff all affects the way we sleep and it affects our snoring. And when you snore or you have a little bit of sleep apnea where you're waking yourself up because you're not breathing properly, that's very much associated with the exercise that we're doing. It's, it's the, our physical well-being and the, the physical activity during that day. So if we're not exercising, we're not going to sleep well, right? We're not going to tire ourselves out enough to to be sleepy when it's time to go to sleep, right? We are 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 developed to be out in the fields, right? We're out there trying to hunt. We're trying to 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 raise the crops, right? Our bodies are not designed to sit in an office chair for for twelve hours a day, staring at a computer, right? There's no energy being being expended when we do that, and so we need to to consciously and and scheduled exercise. We need to be out there every day doing some sort of physical exercise. It not only will help your sleep, it will help everything else in your in your day. It'll make you more creative. It'll make you uh, more efficient, more effective. Exercise is essential. Every day I exercise. Number five, our final step, design your sleep environment. I talked about this a little bit before. According to the National Sleep Foundation, we should design our bedroom environments for better sleep. So when we're designing our clients' bedrooms, maybe we should be considering some of these things. When we're desi- designing our uh, our own bedrooms and the way we sleep, the environment in which we are going to uh, try to sleep is important. We're talking temperature and and lights and the and the way we we um, our sheets and our and our pillows. The temperature of our bedrooms should be set between 60 and 67 degrees. I know some of you are going crazy right now because my wife will hate that, right? That's not going to happen with my wife. The best environment for sleep is a cool room, not a warm room with no, and I know warm rooms typically make you feel sleepy, but during the sleep, it's not good. The, The best environment for sleep is a cool room with no distracting noise and no light, no light zero light, including the dozens of LED lights, turn off the lights and look around your room and count the LED lights that are there that are beaming from every device in our home. I guarantee you, you have at least five or six, probably more than that, LED lights in your bedroom every night. It's not good. It's actually it's actually signaling those little tiny lights, especially blue ones, because it's blue light, blue lights triggering, it's morning time, so if your if your brain is detecting blue light, 
it's you're waking up thinking that it's morning you wake up and you see the blue light shining on your on your wall or or the ceiling your brain is saying oh it's morning time we gotta wake up you gotta check those leds put little pieces of tape over them get it dark in your room or wear a sleep mask consider a white noise machine sleep with an electric fan uh, or use earplugs i use earplugs love those soft little earplugs install window blinds or cover the leds and cover the leds Anything to keep the light and the noise from getting into our brains will help us sleep through the night. Um, those little tiny um, um, foam earplugs, they come, you can buy them in Amazon, really inexpensive. You can buy a whole bucket of them and pop a couple of those in your ears. It takes most of the sound away. I cannot sleep without them anymore. It's silent when you, when you do that. I love it. Uh, we have some cats. The cats like to be a nocturnal. And they're running around the house. I don't hear them anymore. Put in my plugs. I'm out. And when we are awake, fully rested, and ready for a productive day, full exposure to natural sunlight first thing in the morning will help us manage our circadian rhythms, circadian rhythms, and reset our brains for the successful day ahead. So as soon as you wake up, go find that window and soak in the sunshine because it makes a difference. It's sort of signals to our body that it is it is time to wake up and get to work so those are our five steps to um to a uh to sleep the significant power five steps to unleash the significant power of sleep number one schedule your sleep number two practice a relaxing bedtime ritual rituals matter that routines matter number three Watch what you eat. No coffee afternoon. No coffee afternoon. Number four, exercise every day. Just get out there and walk or run or move around. Do something every single day uh, and design your sleep environment. No LED lights. Make sure there's, you, you know, the sounds are, are set up. No blue lights. Get some blinds on the window. Use uh, um, uh, eye, eye covers if you need to, you know, eye masks. Whatever you need to do to get that light out and, and um, create some sort of environment where it's quiet or consistent with some white noise, those things will help you get a good night's sleep. So that's it. Those are our five sleep habits. I can tell you that these work. I've experimented with all of them. Some of them I've put into place and I do every day. Others, I'm working on it. I promise you, I'm working on it. Uh, I can't tell you that I'm perfect, but I'm getting better. I'm getting much better. There was a time where I would work every night in until two, three o'clock in the morning. When I first launched Entree Architect, I was practicing full-time and I was trying to launch this new idea. Um, and, I, and I decided oh, I'm gonna do this new idea on my off hours and I'm just gonna work. And I worked until two or three o'clock in the morning, every morning. So I'd get like four hours of sleep for years. And that's what's caused my health issues. And they're not going away, they're permanent. I discovered them four or five years ago my body is not liking the things that I did years and years ago. So you young ones out there, make sure you're taking care of your body. Make sure that you're getting your sleep. Do not do all-nighters. Do not create these habits, this terrible habit of, of, of staying up until 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning trying to get uh, work done or, or surfing the internet or on YouTube. Whatever you're doing, set up those routines to be in bed at the right time. Create these habits that they become lifelong habits and you've created this healthy, healthy lifestyle and you will be more successful because you'll be more efficient, you'll be more effective, you'll be more creative. It will all come around and it all, it all matters. 
all matters. So follow these five steps and sleep well. All right, I hope you liked that one. I uh, encourage you to share this episode with a friend. This is episode 207. So the link is entrearchitect.com slash episode 207. That's how we're growing here. We are growing exponentially. Um, it is amazing this past year, the growth of this podcast. Um, amazing. Four or five times what it was uh, a year and a half ago. So, and it's happening because of you, not because of me. It's happening because you're sharing this episode, entrearchitect.com slash episode 207. Um, we have a profit course, free profit course, entrearchitect.com slash free course. And we're, gonna, we're going to be in New York, our first live event. I can't wait to see you there. Check it out, entrearchitect.com slash New York for information. Our first live event is happening concurrently with AIA convention for or the con, uh, conference on architecture in New York. The Our event is June 20th. It's pre-convention, so it's the day before the official opening of convention. So just show up a, a day early. Come join us for, a, for a, a live mastermind session. We're doing two sessions, a morning session and an afternoon session. Each session is two hours long. Seats are limited for these sessions. We only have a, enough space for, for a certain number of people in each session. So don't wait. These are going to fill up very quickly. They're opening to the public. There are a bunch of seats were already taken. We opened it up to Entree Architect members first. The paid members uh, got first dibs at this. So there are some seats left. So go right now. They're gonna fill up fast entrearchitect.com slash New York. All the details of what this thing is and how it works and when it's going to be is all there. entrearchitect.com slash New York. Don't miss it. I can't wait to hang out with you and uh, learn and grow and do all the things that we do at the Entree Architect community and in this membership that we have and do it live. Do it together meet each other, support one another, and build some lifelong relationships and friendships. This is going to be awesome. EntreeArchitect.com slash New York. My name is Mark Arlapage, and I hope to see you there in New York. I am an entrepreneur architect. I know you are too. I encourage you to keep building a better business so you can keep being a better architect. Love, learn, share what you know. Share what you know. That is the most important, important message of everything I do. Those four, those three words, love, learn, share. You live your life with those three words and you're going to have a great life. You're going to raise a great family. You're going to have great friends. And you're going to be successful. Love, learn, share what you know. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything, yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders, Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. 
Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that <laughs> then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> I did it guys. Oh the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like, that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.